thank you for being a part of our church service today. It is our desire at Riverstone Church that God's Word will work in you to produce an abundant field life. To know more about the ministry or to support, visit riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you today as you listen to this message. We've been working through the book of Acts, and uh, we will be going to Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3 uh, this morning. Before we read the text, I want to do a little bit of kind of contextual work to get us to where we are in the text and remind us of what is uh, happening here in the book of Acts, just to kind of pull us all the way back to uh, the very first chapter, Luke, who was a follower of Jesus Christ. He was also uh, a physician, we find out through our reading of Scripture. He wrote the Gospel of Luke to a guy named Theophilus. Uh, He was trying to explain to him about uh, Jesus and uh, the life of Jesus. And so he he did that in the Gospel of Luke. And then Luke also decides to write a second kind of companion uh, to the Gospel of Luke that talks about the work of Jesus through the Holy Spirit in the early church. And that is what we're reading through in uh, this historical writing in the book of Acts. So what Luke is trying to do is really in a clear and systematic way, write out the history of both Jesus and the launch of uh, the early church. And so again, we've been working through this uh, uh, for about uh, a year or so now. And In, uh, if we go back to uh, chapter 11, we find that because of the persecution of Stephen, you'll remember Stephen was the first martyr of the church. He was killed because of his faith. Uh, at the end of chapter 11, that persecution of Stephen sort of pushed the disciples out of Jerusalem, which was the hub of the church at that time. So most of the activity was happening in and around uh, Jerusalem. <coughs> And so uh, as, as the church began to move out of Jerusalem, the next hub or the next place of activity that gets established is in uh, Antioch. And uh, the church in uh, Jerusalem sent Barnabas down to Antioch to encourage the work there. And Barnabas, who saw the good work uh, at the end of chapter 11, he went to a city called uh, Tarsus and he found Uh, Paul, who was there, and brought him to Antioch. And what we had already talked about with regards to Barnabas, Barnabas was a leader in the church, but his leadership style was being a a bridge builder. He was one who helped to kind of bring people together. And that really is a true thrust of leadership. It's not dividing people, but bringing people together and helping those who may not know their place to find their place. And so Barnabas sees this work of God going on in Antioch, he knew of Saul's or Paul's conversion, and he was back in Tarsus. And so Barnabas says, there's a work in Antioch for Paul to do. I'm going to go to Tarsus, get him, and bring him back into Antioch so he can be part of the work of ministry here. And as they were ministering, again, at the end of uh, chapter 11, there was some prophets who were active uh, within the church, and they prophesied that there was going to be a famine that was going to come. And so what did the church do when they heard there was a famine? They spring into action, they collect an offering, and they want to send it back to Jerusalem. And so they send it back to Jerusalem by the hands of Barnabas and 
Saul. And then we get to chapter 12. And chapter 12 gives us an idea of what is going on sort of back in uh, Jerusalem. And we have this uh, story again of Peter's arrest, which uh, Brother Noel shared with you several weeks ago. And then last week we talked about Herod and his pridefulness and his desire to steal the glory that was due to God and how he was uh, punished for that. And at the end of chapter 12, we see Barnabas and Saul again returning back to Antioch from Jerusalem fulfilling their mission of taking the offering to the church in Jerusalem. And they brought back to Antioch with them, uh, John Mark. And so that brings us then to chapter 13, verse one. And I'm going to ask you to stand as we read three verses here at the beginning of chapter 13. And uh, we'll take our text from this passage and, and work through it over the next several minutes. The word of the Lord speaks to us in verse 1 of chapter 13. Now there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Heavenly Father, we come to you and ask you in these next few moments to speak to us through your word. Lord, I realize I am a very imperfect messenger, but yet in your word you have spoken to us of the importance of preaching, and you choose human vessels to preach your word, and I pray, Lord, by the power of the Spirit, that you would speak through me this morning, Father, that you would give all of us ears to hear what the Spirit would say, that we would check it against the precepts of your word, and that we would walk it out faithfully before you, to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that is here. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and kindness. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would move in this assembly this morning. We thank you for your grace and your mercy and kindness and love towards us. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, who is our Savior. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The next couple of chapters, 13 and through uh, the end of chapter 14, really focus us in on the sending work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit sending out from the local church in order to advance uh, the gospel, in order to advance the message of Jesus. Uh, this is the expectation and the normal activity of the local churches. That is, it is a sending community. So you being here this morning, at some point you ought to expect to be sent. Maybe that sending is locally, maybe that's 
sending is internationally. Maybe that sending is for a short period of time. But part of our reason for gathering together is to be part of the sending work of the Holy Spirit. And I think as we read through these verses of Scripture in chapter 13, there's a few things that I think the Holy Spirit would speak to us as uh, a local church that we ought to expect or think about as it relates to the sending work of the Holy Spirit. And first is that the sending work of the Holy Spirit is diverse. The sending work of the Holy Spirit is clear, and the sending work of the Holy Spirit is communal. It is diverse, it is clear, and it is communal. One of the beautiful things about the sending work of the Holy Spirit is that it is a very diverse work. This is the beauty of being part of the kingdom of our Lord. When we just read in the first verse of chapter 13, we find a diverse group of individuals that the Holy Spirit begins to put together in order to advance the work of the kingdom. We find Barnabas, who is from Cyprus, who works with Simeon, who is a black man, and Lucius, who is a Roman from North Africa, a different group of people, all from different walks. We have Manaean, who was a companion to a prince, uh, Herod Antipas, and he ministers with Saul, who is a Pharisee from Cilicia. So you have this mixture of people who are from diverse backgrounds, who look differently, or from different socioeconomic backgrounds, who are ministering and working together for the sole purpose to advance the kingdom. And it is beautiful. Oftentimes what we find is we are most comfortable in environments where people look like us, act like us, talk like us. And when we're in environments where that is not the case, it tends to get kind of a little, a little kind of difficult sometimes. Or maybe people have different perspectives than us. But here in the church in Antioch, we see a very diverse group of people, and not just a diverse group of people, but a diverse group of people who were leading. A diverse group of people who were leading. We also see a diversity of the gifts and offices that are active within the church. Here it specifically mentions prophets and teachers, but until this point in Acts, we've seen other gifts and other offices in operation within the local church. When we look at the early church, I believe the early church could not conceive of a scenario where the Great Commission will be, would be fulfilled by a monolithic people group. Everybody looking, acting, being the same. They could not conceive in their mind that the Great Commission could actually be filled by a group of people who all looked, talked, and acted the same. Because that's not how God created the nations. The nations are diverse and beautiful. And I go back to the book of Revelation where it talks about in the glory of God's kingdom, when we're in heaven rejoicing with him in the beauty of the presence of Jesus, John records that he saw people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. How did he identify them? He identified them because they looked diverse in that heavenly field. 
In that heavenly beauty, it was a diversity of people that John could identify as being from every nation and every tribe and every tongue. When the mission team gets back this afternoon, some of our questions or our natural inclinations would be to ask them, what did you do? How did you go to help the Native Americans on the Crow Reservation? Tell us what you did. I want to know what they did. I want to know the activities that they were a part of, the evangelistic efforts that they did, the construction projects that they were a part of. I want to learn about those things. But there also must be another question that we would ask them. What did you learn? The Crow people have things that they also needed to teach our teenagers and adults about the Lord Jesus Christ who were there working in the field. So my hope is that when the team comes back, it wasn't just, oh, come let us help you on the mission field. It was also you helped us to expand our knowledge and understanding of what Jesus is doing. A beauty of seeing the value of other people in the kingdom who have a perspective that may be different than our own. Sometimes we can get a lot farther if we choose to just sit and listen to someone. Hear their story. Hear their perspective. Understand how God is at work in their life. People who are different from us. The diversity of God's people in God's work is why the fruit of the Spirit is so essential in our lives because it helps us to work together for gospel good to those who are with those who are not like us. It helps us to be long-suffering when someone seemingly offends us. And maybe it was just something cultural on their part and we got offended and we got offended because we didn't take time to be long-suffering. Immediately, why didn't they understand? Long-suffering, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness when someone offends. Well, I'll tell you, I know my Bible, and I'm going to tell you what I think. Maybe it's not the time to tell what you think. Maybe it's the time to be patient and to be long-suffering. You would think I might be teaching a marriage class right now. You see, as a believer, every relationship that you have is for the furtherance of the gospel. And sometimes the people who get on your last nerve, God allows them to be there, that thorn in the flesh in your side, to maybe sand some of the rough edges off of your life. But we're quick to pray them away. But maybe we ought to pray. Let's be in relationship. Let's have a time of learning 
together, your marriage, your children, your work, your church, your school relationships, all of these relationships are there and they're not there for the primary purpose to enrich your personal life. Though they do that, they're there for the primary purpose of the furtherance of the gospel so that the great commission will be fulfilled. A diversity of people walking in a diversity of gifts for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. These people were together in the local church. They were serving together in relationship together, breaking bread together in one another's homes together. And I'll say it again, as I said it in the beginning of this message, opening our homes to one another is an important aspect of Christian fellowship. And I would ask you, would each one of us, each family in this church, would we commit to maybe just do an easy thing? Between now and the end of the year, five, four, five months, have one family from the church in your home. Invite one family from the church in your home, not to roast a preacher, but to be in fellowship with one another. And I'll take it one step further. Invite someone who doesn't look like you in your home. Someone who's different from you. I can't tell you how you'll be enriched. How the grace and peace of the Lord will be manifest in your life. And if you do it that one time, I would guarantee you'll want to do it over and over again. Now here, I didn't mean, this is not in my notes, but here's the challenge. There are some people who want all the dust bunnies cleared out and everything in its proper place. And I can tell you some of the most sweetest times of fellowship have been when someone just welcomed me into their home just like it was. That's okay. Because if they're in Jesus, they're not going to go to someone else and talk about the dust bunnies that they saw. They're not going to talk about the things that are out of place. They're going to talk about the joy of being in fellowship with you. Amen. That's the beauty of being in the church and having a diversity of people together. The early church, as the Holy Spirit sent them out, he sent out a diversity of people. We also see in this passage that as the Holy Spirit is sending, the Holy Spirit is clear. And here's how we know and, and they discerned that the Holy Spirit was clear in who he was sending and what he was sending them to do. It was because God's people were actively listening to the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 2, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting that the Holy Spirit spoke to them. So the early church was engaged in missional activity. So they were ministering to the Lord, which would have been prayer and fasting and meditation and listening in the context of the local assembly. They were ministering to the Lord. They were fasting. They were saying, I'm going to push away some things in the natural world in order to eat the spiritual food that I need to eat. So they were ministering to Jesus, praying, seeking, meditating, fasting, pushing away material things. And it was in that context that the Lord spoke to them. They were actively listening for the Lord. 
It wasn't that the Lord spoke and then they went fasting and praying in order to understand, was this really God? They were fasting and praying. This was the regular understanding, the regular process of the church. It was engaged in the missional activity of praying and seeking and meditating on the word of the Lord. And in that context, the Holy Spirit speaks. Sometimes in our life, we may wonder, Lord, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Give me direction. Give me clarity. Tell me where you want me to go. Tell me where you want me, what you want me to do. That has to be in the context of ministering to the Lord and fasting after him. Maybe sometimes we're not hearing from the Lord because there's so much clutter in our lives and we're not willing to push it away. There's so many things that are going on within our life that we can't hear clearly what the Spirit is continually speaking. So the believers in the early church knew that to hear from the Lord, there had to be an engagement with the priorities of the Lord. The priorities of the Lord for you and for me is to be in a context of continual ministry to Him. What is our part? This is why I think the Lord has called us, I believe the Lord has called us as a church to labor in prayer together. I'm thinking, God, how do we help this to become more of the fabric of who we are as your people, that we truly see prayer as our labor before the Lord, our ministry to Jesus, that we're willing to push back the plates at time corporately in order to hear clearly from the Holy Spirit. Because who in this congregation may the Holy Spirit speak to us and say, set apart for me this one and that one for the work that I have for them to do? We have to be faithful over what the Lord has called us. And to get to where the Lord is taking us as a church, Riverstone must seek to cultivate a continual atmosphere of welcoming God's presence. Welcoming God's presence. As the early church was engaged in ministering to the Lord and being in the presence of the Lord. He gave them direction and he called out two who he put together who really you wouldn't necessarily match up if you were doing a match game of who's uh, kind of compatible with one another. Barnabas, who was the, the son of encouragement, who was a, a bridge builder, who was someone who really tried to bring things together. And you have Saul, who is an apologist for the faith, who is bold and who is firm, who doesn't mind kind of stepping in and kind of dropping down a, a bomb in the middle of somewhere and letting the chips fall where they may. He put these two guys together in order to advance the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit was clear in both the calling and the sending of Paul and Barnabas. While they were ministering, verse 2 says, to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. I believe that this very specific word was probably spoken by one of the prophets who are mentioned earlier in the book. 
I don't necessarily think it was an audible voice that everybody heard at one time, but it was God working through the prophetic voice of those who were spoken of earlier in chapter 13. But nonetheless, the voice from the Lord was very clear. Clear. Consistent ministry to the Lord, preaching, worship, prayer, and fasting, all present. The Holy Spirit spoke very clearly to those who were gathered there of what they were to do. I believe if God is calling you to something specific, if God is working in your life, maybe it is a vocational call. Maybe it's simply a call to do something that is a a greater opportunity for the kingdom in your life or in your work or in school or wherever it is that uh, you find yourself. What I do believe is in the context of prayer and ministry and worship to the Lord, you will find clarity of that call. In fact, oftentimes what I find in my own life when I'm trying to discern the will of the Lord, even over the last year and a half or so of this church, what I find is that if I come into this sanctuary and I put praise music in this sanctuary, even if I'm here by myself as I'm praying and seeking the Lord, I have clarity from him. If I go down to my basement and I flip on the, 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 the TV to play music of praise and exaltation, I enter into his presence, I find clarity of what God is speaking and what God is calling us to do. God will speak very clearly. You know, the the idea of continually trying to discern, I wonder what, if, how, when, how, who, how, we continually try to walk through this process. What I would say to you is get in God's presence and he will speak clearly to you. God doesn't speak unclearly. He speaks and things happen. What you and I must do is be in his presence. Consistently get the clutter of our lives away. And hear what the Lord is calling us to do. The sending work of the Holy Spirit is diverse. It is clear. It is also communal. What the Holy Spirit spoke, the local church confirmed. God's spirit is the one who directs missionary deployment, but God also uses the outward confirmation of the local church. The local church prayed, the local church fasted, the local church laid hands upon them and sent them away. This idea of laying hands on yourself and sending yourself does not find its context in Scripture. The local church is an important aspect of who you and I are in the kingdom. This local gathering of believers is an essential aspect for what God is calling us to do as a group in this community and around the world. Because we can affirm the gifts or we may say, brother, sister, maybe uh, sit here a little while longer and minister to the Lord a little longer to be sure that you are hearing the clear voice of the Holy Spirit. See, there's got to be this call from God and also the affirmation from the local church. We see it right here in Acts chapter 13. The clear voice of the Holy Spirit and the clear sending movement of the local church. They were engaged, praying, fasting, laying hands upon them. 
And they release them to fulfill the mission that the Holy Spirit had called them to do. The local church was active and engaged in reaching the people who had not heard the message of hope. This is why you and I must be consistently praying, consistently ministering to the Lord, consistently longing after him, consistently fasting and kind of pushing away the plate to hear his voice. Because we have a responsibility that when God calls someone, we have a responsibility to send them out. There's a lot of sending that needs to happen in our community. Where we find people who are not who have not heard the message of hope and have not been obedient to the message of the gospel. There is a need for those to be sent. Evangelists to go out, teachers to go out, pastors to go out. Some of you, God will send. Are you hearing the clear voice of the Lord? Your background, your age, your nationality, your ethnicity is no barrier. No barrier. No barrier to what God will do, to who God will call, to who God will send. You don't have to have some great education. You don't have to have some other things that society probably says you need to have. What you need to have is the clear calling of the Holy Spirit and the clear affirmation of the local church, the sending priority of the local church, the equipping of the local church to go out and to reach people for Jesus. God has called us together as a people. And he has called us to do the sending work of planting local churches. We will plant a local church by God's grace. And it will be a continual effort over and over and over again. We will plant local churches. We have not lost our heart for this city. We have not lost our heart for the people of Charlottesville. God has blessed. God has ministered to us. But when we were called as a group of believers, we were called as a group of believers to the city. And so we will plant local churches. We will do the work of evangelization. And we will do the work of sending for cross-cultural missions. And that is some of you. Please hear me. That is some of you. Get in the place of prayer. Get in the secret place. You may have never thought God could ever use you, but God wants to use you. He wants to hear. He wants you to hear his clear voice. Hear him. Too long the church has sat dormant and waited for one person to come tell them to go. It can't happen that way anymore. It has to be an effort where you and I are continually in his presence and where we're continually on mission. If you're part of this church, prepare to be sent. You must be sent. You must be sent. Prepare to be sent. We're praying. We're fasting. We want to hear the clear call of the Lord. Let's stand together. Let's pray this morning. Let's minister to the Lord in grace and in compassion today, asking him to move within us, that we would be a church where however many people are here this morning, each and every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, senses a clear call from the Lord to be sent to the world around us. What does that look like for you?
What does that look like for you? Think that in your mind right now. Don't think it's not me. Don't think he's not speaking to me. Do I need to walk around and look everyone right in the eye? <laughs> I'm speaking to you and you and you and you and you and you. I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking. God has a call. God has a plan. He's sending you. He's sending you. He's sending you. He's sending you. The past, what's in the past, what you think about, what you think about hinders you, what you did, what you didn't do. It doesn't hinder you. God wants to free you from that. To send you to a world that needs to hear the message that Jesus saves. Yes, there needs to be study. Yes, there needs to be worship. Yes, there needs to be equipping. But God is sending, God is sending, God is sending. And his voice will be clear. Heavenly Father, I pray right now in these few moments. God, as we come together and the Holy Spirit moves in a spirit of prayer. God, that you would begin as people are worshiping you, as people are praying, as people are ministering. It's not just me praying. Let's all pray together. Not just me praying now, ministering to Jesus, asking Jesus to do something. As a congregation, we must be praying right now. You're not just listening to me. You're speaking to God as well. You're seeking him as well. The, the, the veil is torn. You don't need a mediator. You don't need to come through me to, you, to get to Jesus. Jesus wants you to come direct. Speak to him direct right now. Speak to the Lord. Ask him what he's calling you to do. Ask him what your mission is. Ask him how you're part of this local assembly. Ask him what, he, what his plan or what his purpose is for your life. Oh, Lord Jesus. Jesus, speak to your people today who are gathered together, who are longing after you, Lord. God, I pray that you would equip and that you would send this, this hub of people who are gathered here this morning would find their calling and fulfillment and would be released. You do not have to uh, uh, search and search and search. What you must do is get in the presence of God and he will speak clearly. And as God speaks clearly, the church will affirm what God is doing and the church will equip you to go. Maybe that's going to your neighbor. Maybe that's going to the person in the next desk. Maybe that's going to the person at your next job. Maybe that is going to a cross-cultural place to help equip, to help pray. Maybe that is getting on an airplane and flying somewhere else. the Spirit works, He works with a diverse group of people. That's so beautiful in this passage. Right from the get-go, as the gospel moves out of Jerusalem, it does so with just a beautiful diversity of people. Growing up in different places, different backgrounds, different experiences, coming together for the mission of Jesus. The local church ministering to the Lord, being in worship, being engaged, hearing clearly the voice of the Holy Spirit and acting upon that call. They didn't take a vote. 
then do a democratic kind of system. They heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, they set apart Barnabas and Saul. They prayed over them. They fasted for them. They laid hands upon them and they sent them out to do the work of the Holy Spirit. The early church was willing to give their best for the call. So Lord, right now we are interceding both for ourselves and for others in this room. Lord, we are praying. We are seeking you, Lord, that this place, this place would become a place where when we enter in, the power of your spirit rests here, Lord, and the outside world, worldliness, desire for worldly things, desire for the things of the world, the clatter, uh, the, the clutter, Lord, the chatter, all of those things of the world passes away when we enter into this place and we enter into your presence and we can hear clearly the voice of God speaking to us, his plan, his will, his purpose. As they lead us in a song of worship, let your thoughts, your mind, your words exalt the Lord, seek Him, minister to Jesus in these next few moments, letting Him know of your love for Him, your value the work which he is doing in your life and he will speak clearly to you with the power of his spirit let's worship the Lord and minister to him together thank you for being a part of Riverstone Church I hope today's message encouraged you to take a step closer to Christ if there is anything we can pray for or talk with you about please visit our website at riverstonechurch.net May the Lord bless you this week and may you walk in all of his promises and plans for your life.